The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to be discussing a new set of Google Bugs. Joining us today is Jordan Cooney, who is an SEO strategist and an advisor for search metrics. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Hrefs just launched Hrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor for Search Metrics. Jordan, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. Glad to be back. Looking forward to diving in today. Buddy, it has been a long time. But what's old is new again. We're back talking about basically the same topic the last time we got together. Bzz, Google's got some bugs in the house. <laughs> Second they time sure this year. Bzz. Can you hear it? Can you hear, can you hear the bugs? Uh, I can feel it. I can feel the bugs. That's the scarier part. And I think a lot of people are a bit concerned about it. Yeah, well, you know, Google has had their issues. It's 2020. We're all having our issues this year, but a little surprising that the engineers on the search team can't seem to figure out how to get things indexed correctly. Talk to me about what the recent bugs are and, and how are they different than the previous set of bugs that we ran into this year? Yeah, so, I mean, the recent bugs that Google has you know, actually publicly stated and confirmed that have occurred are around indexing and the indexing of content. So these issues around indexing are really centered around the idea of how Google is serving up the URLs in search. And it's a huge issue because when you're either A, indexing the wrong URLs or you're indexing, you're not able to index the URLs at all, it becomes a bit of a challenge for users to find the content that they want. Now, hang on a second. 
when you say they're having trouble indexing, like for the non-SEO, it's, they're having trouble getting the right links in the right order on search results pages. That's the whole product. Am I yeah, right? Pretty much. Yeah, it's basically core to what they do, right? I mean, the indexation process is the pivotal moment at which users are actually gaining access to the URLs and the content that are supposed to surface for that keyword. Now, the interesting thing here is that, as we all know, there's the crawl index ranking kind of procedures, right, that exist in search. And if the indexing isn't working, then who gives a shit about the rankings? Excuse my language, but that's kind of the truth. It's totally true. It's what's the point of going to Google if the search results are not actually in the right order, then you don't know if you're getting the right results. And God forbid we have to do our own research, read articles and make up our own decision. That's what we have technology (laughs) for. Exactly, exactly. So talk to me about how big of an issue this is. So one of these issues was around canonicalization. And then the other was with mobile indexing. This is what essentially... Google has stated. And the ultimate problem that resulted from this is that either A, the wrong URLs are showing up or the URLs weren't showing up at all. How big was this problem? Well, Google claims that it impacted roughly 0.02% of their index. Now, hang on a second. 0.02% of their index. How many URLs does Google index? It's billions. Bi- billions, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a lot. And 0.02% is like a lot of pages. It is. It is. And in particular, this was around the canonicalization challenge that they were having. So essentially showing the wrong page because they were confused as to what was the canonical URL that they were supposed to use for that content. I got to do the math on this. What is 0.2% of a billion? We're talking about 2 million pages here. It's a lot of content. Let's put it that way. And it had material impact. There was a lot of chatter, a lot of the tools and a lot of the you know analysts out there, pundits, the search pundits, as I like to call them, were pretty active because there was some significant change due to this canonicalization. Obviously, a very confusing onset, right? Because you're essentially showing the wrong URL for content. Now, the other issue around mobile indexing, a little more severe, and again, Google's quoted for this, they said 0.2% of their index was impacted by this. And so that is even a bigger issue and was really related to... These two topics were interrelated, excuse me, is what I was trying to say, and is really a huge impact overall to the search landscape. So there's 2 million-ish pages, at least. There are millions of pages that have had incorrect rankings or have basically been taken out of the rankings. Talk to me about what we know about who this affected. Was this a broad issue? Was it targeted at specific organizations, specific types of companies, specific page types? Yeah, I mean, we're still in the early days there and trying to unpack if this hit any specifics. But the reality is that there really isn't anything to indicate that this was targeting a specific industry or a specific vertical. What I assume here is that this has a lot to do with how their infrastructure is set up, right? The indexation process is really just tens of thousands of millions of calls and connections within servers determining and deciding what and when and how something should be stored within their repository. And if one little mistake occurs, then it can impact you know, unintentionally a set of URLs or set of assets or content within that system. So talk to me about what Google is doing, or at least what they've said they're going to do to fix this issue. 
So, I mean, to this point right now, Google has largely fixed the issue. For some of these issues, they were coming out and kind of updating frequently and saying that a quarter or half or so of the issue was resolved. As of right now, I haven't seen any additional public statement around it being fully resolved or fully fixed. But obviously, if you're following the Google search liaison Twitter handle, and they may come out and publish and state that they fully resolved the issue. So Google says that they've fixed the issue. And I think the bigger issue is what's the recourse for Google? This is the second time recently they've had some pretty visible bugs. I think, you know, everybody's still going to try to index their pages in Google. But is there any recourse for them making these types of mistakes? So yeah, you know, Ben, this isn't the first time this year. And it's been pretty uncommon for Google to really publicly state that these mistakes occur. And I think that there's a two points to this question, right, around recourse. The first one is, let's all be honest here. And let's not pretend for a second that these things didn't happen in the past 22-ish or 23-ish years that Google's existed. They did. They just didn't say anything about it. So let's just be honest about that reality. And I'm sure that all of us in the search space called them these mammoth search algorithm changes. And then we all took credit for the miraculous comeback that was just a Google bug, right? So that's the first thing. So we should all be thanking Google for being open and honest when they screw up now, as opposed to us thinking that it was an intentional... I I think so because then really shitty SEOs will. <laughs> oh, thank you, Google. Those aren't my search results. You screwed up. I'll just go tell my CEO Google made the mistake. That's right. That's right. Well, then all the lousy SEOs that are out there can't claim credit for a two-day drop that just miraculously bounced back. So <laughs> there are no lousy SEOs listening to this podcast. But if you know a <laughs> lousy SEO that has had a bad week, will you send this episode to them so they know that they have an out? Right. <laughs> exactly. But so that's the first thing about the recourse. The second thing here is. I think that there will be some recourse here in where the community will become much more vocal in wanting to understand why these things are occurring, right? Like what is going on? And it's going to be important for Google to find uh, clever and useful ways to be transparent, right? Like when, when I was working at Searchmetrics and we had bugs or challenges in our software, we had to find ways to show our clients confidence that we can fix it and resolve it. And that came in both direct communication, like they're doing today through Twitter or other vehicles, or status type pages, update you know type pages where we can communicate or see the progress that Google's making in resolving issues. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So there's a community coordination piece where Google is doing a better job of communicating when they've made a mistake so people understand that there isn't an algorithm change, right? Okay, good on you, Google. Let's all give you a pass for having a bug. In reality, everybody's still going to submit their content to Google. We're still all going to be reliant on Google. So... You know, what's the takeaway for the SEO community? Is this something they need to be prepared for? Something that they need to monitor? How should SEOs think about dealing with these types of bugs? Well, the first thing here is it gives us great pause whenever search algorithm changes do come about. And when Google is or isn't being vocal about what those changes are. And so I think that that's one thing, right? We're always often quick to assume that Google's made some massive algorithm change that's going to impact every single company in the world. That's just downright false. And there are mistakes that happen at Google because they're a technology company that's run by human beings, just like any other company. And that just is what happens. I thought the AI got rid of the human beings already. <laughs> they're working towards that. But, let's, but there's still people behind this machine at this moment. And so the big thing here that I want to highlight is that we as a community of SEOs need to be more careful about our judgment as to what is Google doing. So there's other happenings in the news related to Google. There have been some findings from the House Judiciary Subcommittee on antitrust, whether they have or they don't have a monopoly. Talk to me about how the government in the United States is looking at Google and and how has that changed? Yeah, so this is interesting. And, you know... The ultimate summary of this is an investigation by the U.S. House around the power that many of these big companies have, these big technology companies. And this is not just about Google. This implicates Facebook, Amazon, Apple. And really, the idea here is very similar to what happened just about, I think it was maybe 15, 20 years ago with Microsoft and whether or not some of these companies need to be broken up or better regulated because of their size and their influence. So I'm curious to hear what your take is. You've worked at big companies. You've worked with Google. Is Google a monopoly that's so big it should be broken up? And you know, does the average person in the technology industry, in your opinion, think that Google has a monopoly? Or is it just uh, them running a good business? So, I mean, I think that it goes beyond just Google here. And I think it's a lot of these companies and what they're able to do and what kind of influence that they have in our society and more importantly, as us as individuals. But the reality here is that the common person, the common person who's not in the technology field, like you or I are, Ben, and many of our listeners, they do not understand what these companies are doing and how they're doing them. And I think that that lack of transparency, that lack of connection with the consumer is the biggest challenge that any of these big tech companies have. I mean, it took forever to force Facebook and many other social platforms 
to come to a conclusion on whether or not you'd be able to delete your content, delete your own personal content that you uploaded to that platform. And that shouldn't require regulation. And in my opinion, it shouldn't require regulation and government to be involved. They should just do that because it's good for the customer. Now, to answer your question specifically, there isn't anything that's going to change here right now, right? This is a investigation. It's a giant, I think, four or 500 page document. I encourage all of our listeners to download it and enjoy it during your weekend pleasure. Don't do that. <laughs> but it is, it is a great way for you to start to see what our government is thinking about and how they're looking at these big tech companies. I don't want to get on my political soapbox. That's generally something for the other Ben Shapiro to do on podcast. <laughs> but I'll weigh in here. Hey, it's my it's my podcast. It's it's our forum together. I think that the government is looking at the problem with wage and wealth disparity between the people that are running these companies wielding a tremendous amount of power. They're looking at Mark Larry, Sergey, Tim, and Jeff and saying, these are people that have so much money that they can wield as much power as the federal government at times. And that's a concern. It's also that there's a growing wage disparity between the average American and the wealthiest Americans. And so they're looking at the companies that are running these organizations and seeing if they have too much power. Now, my problem with the antitrust conversation is people are looking and saying, well, Google owns 90 plus percent of search. You know, the truth is Google owning 90% of search. Yeah, they have a search monopoly. There's no question about that. But their business is in the advertising game. They are competing against Facebook. And Facebook is competing against Amazon. Mm -hmm. And Amazon is competing against Netflix and Apple. And so the irony to me when we talk about these hearings is not, you know, does one of these businesses have an incredibly strong foothold, if not a monopoly on a type of web traffic or interaction, whether it be search, whether it be hardware, app stores, social media, it's, are they monopolizing the advertising business? Are they monopolizing the software distribution? Are they monopolizing e-commerce? I think that that is really the conversation we should be having or how do we tax the wealthy? And that's totally a separate conversation for this podcast. That said, my two cents. Jordan, give me your thoughts. You've already told us how you think this whole thing shakes out immediately, but how do you feel about all the hearings? Well, the first thing I encourage all of our listeners to do is go and find out who their local representative is and see how they're reacting to this particular probe and investigation. Because every single one of these elected officials, every single one of these House representatives has received this document. They have legal aides and other people who work with them who've reviewed this document and are taking a point and a stance on how these companies should be regulated and managed. And the only way you're going to have any influence in this process is if you go out and vote. If you get yourself aware and learn about how these representatives are going to make decisions about what these companies can and cannot do in our society. And in Europe, they've made some pretty aggressive stances. Here in the US, we are still far behind many other countries in terms of how and if we will regulate these platforms. Unless you're in California where the platforms are regulated left and right. Anyway, another story. (laughs) Another episode for another day. (laughs) All right, Jordan, on that note, it was great to reconnect. We're going to bring you back tomorrow and we're going to do a little bit more case study talking about the site that I'm building, getting some practical advice from you on SEO strategy. 
So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you could also go to his personal website, which is jordancooney.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions, and you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.